0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome, one and all. This is your host, Robert Rogers. I'm the founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004. Parkinson's Recovery is dedicated to provide information, support, and resources to individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's disease, as well as their family members. I am excited to report that my guest today is... Natural Pharmacist Ross Pelton. As a pharmacist, he is an expert on pharmaceutical drugs and their life-altering side effects. As a certified clinical nutritionist, he counsels clients on diet, nutrition, and natural therapies for a wide range of health issues. And as a healthcare professional, Ross helps clients utilize and integrate the best of both worlds to achieve, achieve for his patients a healthier, longer life. With over 30 years of research and scientific experience, Ross has turned his passion for educating people on their health into a legacy for thousands of clients around the world. He speaks two languages, uh, English. And science, and so if you're a person who signs up to get a consultation with Ross down the line, you'll be able to understand what the science says about your particular situation. Ross is also the author of a wonderful book, uh, which is titled The Drug-Induced Nutrient Depletion Handbook. Ross Pelton, thank you so much uh, from the voices of our thousands of listeners for taking the time to be a guest on the show today.
1: Well, Dr. Rogers, it's really a pleasure and an honor to be with you again and to be able to speak to your listening audience worldwide.
0: Now, you have a number of interesting subjects uh, that you're going to be covering today, so we're just going to go down a list and ask you a number of questions so that we can cover them all. Please discuss the discovery and the importance of this particular substance called ME3.
1: Right. This is a fabulous topic. Uh, uh, It gets into the master antioxidant glutathione. So I I want to start there because glutathione is an incredibly important antioxidant. It's uh, called the master antioxidant. It's the most prevalent antioxidant in the human body, and it probably protects more of your body than all the other antioxidants combined. And ME3 is an abbreviation for a strain of probiotic bacteria called Lactobacillus fermentum ME3. And the exciting information about this particular and remarkable strain of probiotic bacteria is that ME3 synthesizes glutathione. So when humans take daily doses of Lactobacillus fermentum, ME3, a daily dose is about 6 billion viable bacteria. That's kind of like ingesting 6 billion little glutathione manufacturing plants. So this bacteria is synthesizing and continually producing glutathione in our systems. And glutathione is this master antioxidant. And there are a number of studies that talk about Parkinson's disease being primarily due to a deficiency of glutathione. In fact, I'm looking at one particular study. The title of the study is called Glutathione as a Biomarker in Parkinson's Disease Associations with Aging and Disease Severity. And this is from a journal article published in 2016, so it's very recent. And another study is talking about glutathione, and the title of this study is Glutathione and Parkinson's Disease, Is This the Elephant in the Room? And what they're talking about here is that there's a substantial amount of data that shows that in the brains of Parkinson's disease patients and autopsies that have been done, there's a tremendous deficit of glutathione. And since glutathione is such an important antioxidant, when you're depleted of glutathione, you have elevated levels of oxidative damage, which is another way of saying free radical damage. So you're accelerating free radical damage, especially in the area of the brain that's related to Parkinson's disease. So one of the key factors in both the, the initiation of Parkinson's disease and then also the progression of it is this depletion of glutathione. And the exciting message I've got for all your listeners, Dr. Rogers, is that now we have this probiotic bacteria called Lactobacillus fermentum ME3 that people can take on a daily basis and substantially boost their glutathione levels. In a human clinical trial, people taking Lactobacillus fermentum ME3 had a 49% increase and the ratio between active glutathione to the oxidized or reduced form, excuse me, the the oxidized or inactive form. So tremendous boost in glutathione levels, which means you're going to boost your antioxidant protection. And then another topic I like to weave into my Parkinson's disease discussion here, Dr. Rogers, another key factor in the cause and the progression of Parkinson's disease is exposure to environmental toxins. We call a lot of these things neurotoxins. They directly damage the neurons that are involved in Parkinson's disease. And so the toxins also are contributing to Parkinson's disease, and it turns out that glutathione is also the master detox agent in the human body. Glutathione is involved in regulating all detoxification whether it's metals like mercury and lead and cadmium or agricultural pesticides or things like prescription drugs, acetaminophen, which is in pain-killing medications like Percocet and uh, Vicodin. The Tylenol in those medications is the number one cause of liver damage and liver uh, transplants worldwide. So acetaminophen depletes Glutathione levels extremely fast. So I like people to realize there are a number of different classes of drugs that can also deplete glutathione, the pain medications I just mentioned, oral contraceptives and hormone replacement therapy medications in women, some of the anti seizure drugs, many of the cardiovascular drugs. There's a wide range of medications that can also contribute to glutathione, and now we're recognizing that glutathione is a biomarker in the progression of Parkinson's disease. So I'd like to give people a degree of hope out there that by boosting your glutathione levels, you can really have an impact on slowing down the progression of Parkinson's disease. And um, as we're talking about glutathione here and the lactobacillus fermentum ME3, I want to tell your listeners that if they're interested in getting... The probiotic bacteria Lactobacillus fermentum ME3. It's available in a brand name product called RegActive, R-E-G apostrophe A-C-T-I-V, and the RegActive product that I like is called Detox and Liver Health, and that's the product that can, it contains Lactobacillus fermentum ME3. And I think, Dr. Rogers, you're going to make that available to your listeners. Is that right?
0: That's right. We have created an association with the company, and we're going to be buying them in large quantities so that we can provide them to listeners who are interested at discount prices. So we're excited about that opportunity.
1: That's really great news.
0: Now, Uh, just to clarify for listeners about the ME3, listeners are familiar with glutathione injections that you can get two or three times a week. They're familiar, most of them, with the nasal applicator of glutathione. And, of course, listeners are familiar with going to supplement stores and seeing bottles of glutathione. What you're suggesting is this is something very different, but it's not an injection and it's not a nasal applicator.
1: Exactly. Uh, This is why I call this a revolution in healthcare and medicine, because up until now, you really couldn't effectively increase glutathione levels on a daily basis. You can, as you mentioned, get intravenous infusions, but that's time-consuming and expensive. There are some nutritional precursors like N-acetylcysteine and lipoic acid and the herb melt thistle, Uh, but then you're taking several different products on a daily basis to try and boost your glutathione levels, and there are some companies now that are producing what we call liposomal delivery forms of glutathione, which have better absorption, but there's nothing that is as effective as the lactobacillus fermentum ME3, and there's a number of human clinical trials that have been conducted with ME3, um, and it provides a number of additional benefits in addition to producing glutathione, it also synthesizes manganese superoxide dismutase, which is another really important antioxidant enzyme. So, along with glutathione, you're getting increased levels of manganese superoxide dismutase, so you're tremendously increasing your antioxidant protection. And then another thing I'd like to stress for your listeners is that because the lactobacillus fermentum ME3 is constantly synthesizing glutathione in your system, that glutathione is also going to contribute to recycling and regenerating oxidized vitamin C and vitamin E and CoQ10 and lipoic acid. So it's going to up the activity of all your antioxidant enzymes. So there's a tremendous boost in your antioxidant protection throughout your whole body. So that's a really exciting uh, breakthrough in healthcare and medicine, to be able to boost your glutathione levels on a daily basis. And um, in my lectures and seminars, I've been standing up there telling people, one of the most proactive things you can do to improve your long-term health is boost your glutathione levels. And now we've got a way to do this on a daily basis. As I mentioned before, a daily dose of lactobacillus fermentum, ME3, is kind of like ingesting 6 billion, that's B as in boy, 6 billion, billion little glutathione manufacturing plants every single day. So that's a a huge new, uh, I call it a revolution in glutathione therapy, being able to naturally boost your glutathione levels on a daily basis. Uh, Another theme that I want to weave into our discussion here today, Dr. Rogers, is the role of gut bacteria. Um, There's significant Uh, information now linking gut bacteria to Parkinson's disease. And the reason this ties in is that if you have an imbalance in your gut bacteria, too many bad bacteria, not enough good bacteria, and that condition is called dysbiosis. When you have too many of the bad bacteria, they cause inflammation. And inflammation will contribute to what we call leaky gut or intestinal permeability. And inflammation is related to Parkinson's disease. So you want to not only improve your antioxidant support and your antioxidant protection, it's also really critical to heal the gut. So it's important to take a really good probiotic bacteria to do that. And I think the best probiotic bacteria in the world is called Dr. O'Hara's probiotic. And I have to admit to being a little biased here because it's a probiotic that is produced by my company, Essential Formulas. But Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are made differently than every other probiotic in the world. Uh, They are produced in a five-year fermentation process. And during five years of fermentation, the probiotic bacteria are producing a wide range of what we call postbiotic metabolites. So other companies just give you a capsule with bacteria in it, Those bacteria have not done any work yet. But in Dr. O'Hara's probiotics, the bacteria have been growing in fermentation vats for five years before they're encapsulated, and that gives you, when they're encapsulated, a huge range of all of these postbiotic metabolites. The reason probiotic bacteria are important is because of the work they do. And the work they do is that their metabolism produces a wide range of compounds that support all kinds of health in the human body. So Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are kind of a, I call it a supplement to the lactobacillus fermentum ME3. So let's say for gut health, the best probiotic is Dr. O'Hara's probiotics and to boost glutathione levels and improve your detoxification, you wanna take on a daily basis the RegActive detox and liver health with lactobacillus fermentum ME3. those are two really critical areas, boosting your antioxidant support with glutathione, but also healing the gut. Uh, So we want to just kind of work at both ends of the spectrum here to make sure that we address both of those conditions. And another topic that I like to cover when I'm talking with and consulting with Parkinson's disease patients is the issue of blood glucose, and blood insulin levels. And uh, we find out that increased blood insulin is one of the most damaging things that can happen in your body. So if you get elevated blood glucose and you're either pre-diabetic or diabetic, you've got elevated blood glucose or elevated blood sugar. But eventually, your insulin receptors get damaged and then your body's got to put out more insulin to try and handle the increased blood sugar. And when you have elevated blood insulin, it's going to damage every single one of your organ systems. So I encourage people to get a blood glucose, a uh, little, it's called a glucometer, and test your blood glucose. And it's important to not just test your fasting blood glucose, but also challenge yourself. It's called a two-hour postprandial blood glucose. What you want to do is eat a meal, and then two hours later, check your blood glucose. And if it hasn't returned to normal, then you've got both elevated blood glucose and elevated blood insulin, and it's a tremendous accelerator of the aging process. So I kind of cover a lot of different topics here to try to help Parkinson's disease patients understand that there's a number of ways that they can really be proactive to improve their overall health and slow down the progression of their disease. I've been kind of talking nonstop here for a minute, Dr. Rogers. I'll let you say a couple words here and pop in
0: for a magnificent summary of what people can do to find relief from their symptoms. Some listeners are going to chase after the opportunity to begin taking the ME3, and let's just focus on that rather than everything else you've recommended. So they take the ME3 for, let's say, three or four days. Are they going to begin to have an enormous uh, and noticeable boost in how they feel and reduction in symptoms and their energy level?
1: Uh, That's a great topic to bring up. I'm glad you uh, brought it to my attention so we can discuss it a little bit. Um, People probably are not going to experience a dramatic improvement in symptoms in a short period of time. What I try to get people to understand and what I I try to do is educate people about how important glutathione is for long-term improvement of your health. Um, if an indiv- Let me just draw an analogy here with vitamin C. If somebody were to start taking vitamin C, uh, they hadn't been taking it previously and now they start taking maybe 500 milligrams of vitamin C twice a day, they are probably not going to feel substantially better or even noticeably better or changed in a few days or maybe even a few weeks. Um, you're slowing down your aging process and improving your whole biological health but you don't all of a sudden dramatically have an improvement in symptoms. So when people start taking lactobacillus fermentum ME3 and the detox and liver health product, they probably aren't going to get a dramatic improvement in tremors or shaking or energy levels um, within a few days or maybe even a couple of weeks. But I would encourage people to give the process at least about three months And what I find from my experience is sometimes the actual Parkinson's disease patient is not so aware of some gradual improvements, but a spouse or a loved one or a caregiver is sometimes more likely to notice the gradual improvement rather than the patient themselves. Does that kind of address and and, uh, expound on that topic a little bit, Dr. Rogers?
0: Beautifully. If you're a listener and – or interested in knowing what kind of drug-induced nutrient politions your medications are causing i want to remind you that ross pelton is the author of the book the drug induced nutrient depletion handbook where you can get a preview of all of what you need to know Ross Pelton also provides individual and private and confidential uh, consultations with individuals. And these consultations are, really have a wonderful comprehensive view of providing support and assistance. He does a medication review. He considers nutritional supplements, dietary recommendations, lifestyle recommendations, natural therapy recommendations, and issues with regard to detoxification Particularly of interest, uh, I want to just emphasize for people who are interested in shifting in some way your medications that you're taking. Uh, Ross Pelton uh, works closely with your medical doctors and, uh, of course, has to have permission with your medical doctor to be able to provide that kind of support. But it's a a marvelous opportunity to be able to do a full-scale assessment of where you might be able to go in the future to get sustained relief from your symptoms. So, Ross, you've talked quite a bit about the functions of glutathione. Can you specifically summarize for listeners glutathione's multiple functions in Parkinson's? Sure. um,
1: I like to use the acronym AID, A-I-D, because I think glutathione is one of the greatest aids to good health that there is. The A in AID stands for antioxidant support, the I in the word AID stands for immune system support, and the D is detoxification. So those are the three big areas that glutathione is involved with that uh, boost your antioxidant support um, because it's the master antioxidant. And we haven't talked about this yet, but the immune system requires glutathione for optimum functioning. White blood cells uh, or leukocytes are the front line of your dissents against bacteria and viruses and other foreign invaders. And when you do get an infection, your body has to mount an immune alarm reaction. And one way that I talk about this in my seminars is to provide a very simplified analogy. But let's say on a normal basis you've got 100,000 white blood cells patrolling your system kind of on alert. Well, if they find a bacterial invader and you're starting to get an infection, your body has to mobilize white blood cells to fight the infection. And so you might go from 100,000 to several trillion white blood cells to fight that infection. But without adequate glutathione, you can't produce the extra white blood cells that are required to fight the infection. So it's really critical to understand how important glutathione is for your immune system and your ability to mount an immune response to fight off a viral infection or a bacterial infection or some other foreign type of invader. And then the detoxification issue is incredibly important. And I think that the, one of the primary reasons we have experienced an astronomical increase in the incidence of all chronic degenerative diseases in the last 70 to 80 years has to do with the combination of increased environmental toxins and depletion of glutathione. So let me just delve into this a little bit. Um, In the last 70 to 80 years, we've had dramatic increases in things like cardiovascular disease and diabetes, Alzheimer's disease, ADHD, autism, on and on. All of these diseases are off the charts exponentially increasing well as we get exposed to more levels of environmental toxins glutathione gets depleted when an antioxidant like glutathione goes to battle against a free radical the antioxidant nutrient actually changes its electrical charge and becomes inactive. But in the process, it saved your life or that saved uh, the life of a particular cell in your body. But antioxidant nutrients get depleted when they neutralize free radicals. So with the ever-increasing exposure to environmental toxins, we have had more and more depletion of our antioxidants, especially glutathione. And I think that if we would give more attention to not only cleaning up the environment, which is a critical issue, but also boosting our own antioxidant support levels so that we can tolerate and and actually fight these environmental toxins we get exposed to, that's a critical, critical part of the equation in trying to improve our health and prevent some of these long-term chronic degenerative diseases. Um, And I also advocate not just glutathione. I think it's really important to take extra vitamin C. I take at least 1,000 milligrams a couple of times a day. Coenzyme Q10 is a critical antioxidant nutrient, especially for Parkinson's disease. So I'd like to really emphasize that to Parkinson's disease patients the importance of taking coenzyme Q10 for neuroprotection in addition to boosting your glutathione levels. And one of the things I emphasize regarding coenzyme Q10 is that it is a fat-soluble nutrient, and we don't absorb fat-soluble nutrients very efficiently. So I encourage people to take their coenzyme Q10 with their largest meal of the day, and that meal will more likely have more fat in it, and so you will enhance and optimize the absorption of your coenzyme Q10. And my suggestion for people with coenzyme Q10 is to take around 300 milligrams or 400 milligrams a day. That's kind of a high dosage, but you really need to get a high enough dosage to make an effective increase in your blood level of coenzyme Q10. Another thing I'll just kind of touch on briefly, Dr. Rogers, is that there's a number of other nutrients that are known to be Cofactors which are required for glutathione production, things like zinc and magnesium and folic acid and vitamin B12. And there's an enormous number of nutrients that deplete those particular nutrients. Excuse me, there's an enormous number of drugs. I misspoke there. So there's a lot of drugs that are depleting these other accessory nutrients which can contribute to glutathione depletion. So it's one of the things I spend time discussing with people in my consultations on drug-induced nutrient depletions to make sure they understand that some of the other medications they are taking or have been taking in the past could have contributed to glutathione depletion, which can accelerate the Parkinson's disease process. So just a lot of things to to be aware of. But if you start to understand and give attention to a number of these key issues, I think uh, people can really have a positive influence on the course of their disease.
0: Is there a brand of CoQ10 that you recommend?
1: Um, there's not a particular brand. Um, I'll just break it down into two areas. Um, there's powdered coenzyme Q10, which is less expensive, and then there's a new oil-soluble coenzyme Q10, which is uh, newer on the market and more expensive. Uh, There's some real debate about which of these two forms is most effective. Um, And I kind of have settled on, the powdered form of coenzyme Q10, which is a little less expensive, but if we emphasize that it should be taken at the largest meal of the day, so you get some fat um, to aid in the digestion and absorption of it, I think that'll be sufficient to give a good boost in the blood level of coenzyme Q10. And, um, Another topic I want to discuss with Parkinson's disease patients, and I know this is kind of a touchy subject because it's not easy for a lot of Parkinson's disease patients to exercise, but whatever you can do to move your muscles and get a little blood flow into those muscles is going to be tremendously beneficial long-term. One thing I recommend for my patients that I consult with is to just stand with your hands on a doorknob for support. And then just go down and squat and stand up again, and down and squat and stand up again. When you do that, squats will work the largest muscles in your body. And it's incredibly important to try to gain some level of strength in your lower limbs so that you're less likely to fall and have injuries from falls. Um, And sometimes you can just, uh, if you have difficulty walking, sit in a chair and put weight on your ankle and do some leg lifts. Anything you can do to get some movement and some activity in your legs and to build some muscle, muscle strength is going to be tremendously beneficial long term. Um, and what kind of experience have you had, Dr. Rogers, in turn, with uh, exercise with Parkinson's disease patients? Has anybody talked huge. about this very much?
0: Huge. We had a number of amazing guests who summarized for listeners the value of exercise, and it's oh, really good. compelling. It's compelling, just as you've reported. It makes a yeah. huge difference. Mm-hmm. Even uh, there was a study that showed two minutes of exercise has a significant benefit, so it's remarkable.
1: Yeah, that's what I like to do. If I can get somebody to just put their hands on the doorknobs of a door and spend two minutes doing squats, it'll make a huge difference long-term.
0: Right. Can you summarize studies on oxidative stress in the brains of Parkinson's disease patients?
1: Well, I can talk about oxidative stress in general. Um, There's not too much that's been done specifically on the brains because the only research we can do uh, in autopsies and post-mortem, and uh, there's a number of studies that have looked at the brains of Parkinson's disease patients after they've passed away, and they find out that there's 40 to 50% reduction in glutathione And in some of the brains of Parkinson's disease patients, glutathione is so low that it's virtually not measurable. So we know that that reduction of glutathione is going to result in a tremendous increase in oxidative stress and free radical damage, especially in the neurons. And of course that's the the nature of the disease is having the destruction of the neurons in the negrostriatal area of the brain. Um, And another thing I emphasize just in general is to get people into an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, which gets involved in the types of diets that you consume because uh, there are foods that are pro-inflammatory and foods that are anti-inflammatory. And people need to understand the, uh, omega-3, omega-6 fatty acid ratio and understand that the omega-3 fatty acids are anti-inflammatory and the omega-6 fatty acids are pro-inflammatory. And it's not that one is bad and the other is good. We need to have them both, but they need to be in balance. And it turns out in the standard American diet, which I abbreviate SAD, standard American diet, which makes it a pretty sad diet, um, turns out that the ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 um, in the standard American diet is somewhere between 1 to 20 and 1 to 30, where an optimal ratio is about 1 to 2 or 1 to 4. So in the standard American diet, we get way, way too much of the pro-inflammatory omega-6 foods. And just as an example, uh, the Oils that we traditionally use in cooking uh, are very high in omega-6. So corn oil has got 60% omega-6 and zero omega-3. And things like safflower oil and sunflower oil are 70 and 80% omega-6 and zero omega-3. So you can see a lot of these processed oils that we traditionally use in our cooking are high in omega-6 and no omega-3. And then it turns out that the omega-3 fats are more susceptible to oxidation and becoming rancid. And so food processors have gone to great lengths to remove omega-3 from most of the food products so that they can increase the shelf life of their products. They've been very successful. Omega-3 has been almost totally removed from the food supply. And we find that grass-fed cattle have much higher levels of omega-3 in the meat compared to grain-fed feedlot cattle. And the same thing with fish, um, wild-caught fish versus farmed-raised fish. There's a tremendous difference in the the nutrient value in the meat of the fish, and also the toxin levels in the fish. Um, Things like PCBs, which are extremely toxic. There's 20 times more PCBs in farmed-raised salmon compared to most other types of commercially available meats and fishes. So I always encourage people, if they're going out to eat and they're thinking about ordering salmon, ask if it's wild-caught or farmed-raised. And if it's farmed-raised salmon, it's likely very toxic and not good for you. So... uh, Diet is another really critical issue that I really spend some time talking about. Uh, and if people are overweight and have insulin sensitivity, then that's a whole other discussion about dietary uh, considerations. But uh, it's really important to have diet and lifestyle and some exercise issues work into the overall Parkinson's recovery program.
0: You've touched on the next question that I want to ask you, but I'd like to ask you to expand. Many listeners who have neurological challenges believe that the problem is rooted in their brains. You've touched on the possibility that the problem actually is rooted, at least in large part, in the gut and have referred to something called the biome, the gut biome. Could you discuss uh, for listeners what it means when we say intestinal permeability and its link sure. to neurological challenges? Absolutely. That's a great
1: topic to open up and expound on. Um, when you have a, this condition called dysbiosis, which is too many bad bacteria, not enough good bacteria, and inflammation in your intestinal tract, that results in what we call leaky gut or intestinal permeability. It turns out that the cells that line the intestinal tract have proteins on the cell surface that actually act kind of like Velcro. So they stick together tightly, and we call it that the cells have tight junctions, which prevents um, inappropriate things from leaking through your gut into your systemic circulation. But if you have inflammation and get leaky gut or intestinal permeability, that means that the tight junctions in the cells that line your gastrointestinal tract have opened up. And then you will get partially digested food leaking into your systemic circulation. And one of the worst things is a product that's abbreviated LPS. It stands for lipopolysaccharides. Uh, We all have them in our intestinal tract. But if you have leaky gut and intestinal permeability and some of these LPS compounds leak into your circulatory system, it creates a highly inflammatory condition throughout your body. Excuse me. And when you have leaky gut, you also develop leaky brain. The blood brain barrier becomes leaky. And so then we start to get inappropriate things leaking into the brain. And if you have inflammation in your gut, you will also end up getting inflammation in the brain. So that's, (coughs) excuse me, a little frog in my throat here. So that's the link between a bad digestive tract, and opening up the blood-brain barrier so you get the inflammatory condition in the brain, <clears throat> which can result in damage to the neurons if we're talking about Parkinson's disease. So brain inflammation follows gut inflammation, and that's why it's so critical to take good quality probiotics and keep your gut in what we call the microbiome or the The bacteria in your gastrointestinal, (coughs) excuse me again, you want to keep the bacteria in your gastrointestinal tract high quality, lots of good bacteria. Because if you have a high stressful lifestyle or if you have a high sugar, high fat, low carbohydrate diet like the standard American diet, (coughs) you'll promote the growth of bad bacteria, end up with leaky gut, which gets inflammation from the gut transferred into your body. Then you have, as I mentioned, leaky brain, the blood-brain barrier becomes porous, and you have inflammation in the brain. So leaky gut, leaky brain, and that's how these toxins get into the brain to start to accelerate the disease process. So healing the gut is a critical part of the healing process, I think, for all conditions. And there's a doctor that I follow very closely his name is Alessio Fasano. He's an Italian doctor who's now, now at Harvard, and he says that the two main causes of leaky gut and autoimmune diseases and neurological diseases are gluten sensitivity and bad bacteria. So it's really important for people to go on a gluten-free diet to reduce inflammation and also to clean up the gut and take good quality probiotics to make sure that you have a optimal microbiome and just generally speaking a healthy digestive tract has about 85 or 90% good bacteria and only 10 or 15% bad bacteria we all have some bad bacteria but when things get out of balance and one of the big things that causes the imbalance are antibiotics but there are other things also, other types of drugs like non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications and um, birth control pills, a number of different types of drugs can upset your microbiome. But antibiotics are the big one. And if people don't take probiotics to replace their microbiome after they've taken antibiotics, they're much more likely to develop leaky gut and go on to leaky brain and brain inflammation And so I think one of the key factors in a lot of chronic degenerative diseases, and probably especially in Parkinson's disease, if we could take the time to do some surveys, you would find that a lot of these people had multiple rounds of antibiotics in their childhood. Now, that's just another thing to be aware of and the importance of taking probiotics, especially after antibiotics, to heal the gut and replace and rebuild your microbiome.
0: We've all just passed through the holiday season, and some listeners have been tempted and seized the opportunity to eat sweets that contained lots and lots of sugars. And as they're listening to your presentation, they're probably thinking, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have done that. What type of visual image or idea or thought could you suggest that a person might want to activate when they're tempted to eat food that they know is not healthy for them.
1: That's a great uh, challenge to me here. Let me give that a little thought for a minute. Um, Sometimes when I talk about the good bacteria and the bad bacteria, um, I talk about um, classes of people that might be good versus bad to give a visual image. So when I talk about the bad people, I don't want to uh, make a too big a generalization, but sometimes you, you might talk about gangs of kids or hell's angels as being possibly a bad group of people because they uh, have been known to cause destruction and so forth. So if you visualize eating sugar and processed carbohydrates like white bread and white flour and white bagels and so forth, you're really – encouraging the growth of the bad guys. And so you're going to have more motorcycle gangs or wild gangs of, of youthful kids in your, in your gut causing destruction and, uh, reaping havoc. So that's kind of a visual image that people might think of just more bad guys down there, tearing up things and doing all sorts of destructive activity versus the more maybe meditative, uh, productive, good guys that will keep things calm and um, in a more positive state. So maybe the good guys are the meditative, calm bacteria versus the highly destructive bad guys that are reaping havoc, maybe the, the call them the enemy, so to speak.
0: Oh, I love that, <laughs> Ross. That's a beautiful image. I'm going to hold that myself since I'm tempted as anyone right. else is.
1: And I'm not. I, I want to make sure anybody out there that might be fond of motorcycle riders or have some hell's angels people in their uh, their sphere of influence. They're not all bad, but, but that's an image not. that I thought of to respond to your question here.
0: Right. We may have children who are hell's angels. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Now, you've mentioned glutathione as a biomarker of aging. This particular uh, program and interview is focused on individuals who currently experience Parkinson's symptoms, but family members and spouses uh, may not have those symptoms. Would you be suggesting then that glutathione might be a useful kind of an option for them to consider as well as their loved ones?
1: Oh, you're absolutely right, Dr. Rogers. In fact, let me just uh, go back and review a a little more information about glutathione that will tie into your question here for me. Um, I started following a couple of, of doctors who were the first doctors to start to study glutathione in terms of the aging process, and they initially gave some glutathione precursors to mosquitoes in their drinking water, and they got a 50 to 100 percent boost in glutathione levels. That boost in glutathione levels resulted in 38 to 40 percent life extension in those mosquitoes. They went then to replicate these studies with laboratory mice and laboratory rats and a couple other species of animals. And they were the first physicians to start to understand that boosting glutathione levels had the potential to be a life extension anti-aging nutrient and a biomarker of aging. And the same physicians then started to look at glutathione levels and find out that Virtually all diseases are associated with lower levels of glutathione. We find cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's disease, um, and things like diabetes and so forth. So all the major chronic degenerative diseases, when they measure glutathione levels compared to healthy controls, the people with chronic degenerative diseases have lower levels of glutathione. So then they started looking at glutathione levels in healthy people. Um, And they assessed the glutathione levels in a group of centenarians. We've got people who are between 100 and 105 years old. And they compared them to the glutathione levels in average people 60 to 70 years old. It turns out that the centenarians, people 100 years old and older, had higher plasma glutathione levels than the average people 60 to 70 years old. So the take-home message here is that if you want to live to a ripe old age and be healthy, have a healthy longevity and a healthy aging process, you need to have elevated levels of glutathione. And now the exciting news is that we've got a probiotic bacteria, Lactobacillus fermentum ME3, that you can take on a daily basis that will cause a substantial boost in your glutathione levels. So, Um, This is why we're starting to suggest that glutathione is a new, effective, and reliable biomarker of aging. it's, It's not just for Parkinson's disease in terms of being able to monitor the course and progression of the disease, but it's also... Um, a real biomarker of aging where people with higher levels of glutathione will have a decreased incidence of chronic degenerative disease or delayed onset of all these problems compared to people with lower levels. So it's a a real critical biomarker of disease on a general basis, but specifically in Parkinson's disease.
0: I want to say, Ross Pelton, you have my attention. So, I think listeners, as well as myself, all of a sudden, I'm planting into my head, "Whoa! This means that I've got the possibility of living a whole lot longer." Did I misunderstand what you just said?
1: No, that that's absolutely true. And if you and the same thing it ties into understanding the free radical theory of aging, um, if you can slow down the rate of free radical damage. You're going to slow down the destruction to the neurological processes in your brain, especially the neurons in the nigrostriatal area when we're talking about Parkinson's disease. If you slow down the rate of free radical damage, you are slowing down your aging process. You are extending your, not only your, the, the n- number of years of your life, but you're improving your health span as well as your lifespan. And so it's really important to realize that uh, boosting glutathione levels is a critical thing to do to engage in this uh, biomarker of aging and improving your longevity, but also reducing your inflammation, taking your omega-3 fish oils uh, to uh, get the anti-inflammatory effect that they provide, getting things like coenzyme Q10 along with glutathione into your system, Um, And understanding the importance of an anti-inflammatory diet and an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, um, reducing their level of white flour, white sugar, white bread, white pasta, because that's just like eating sugar. They get converted into sugar very quickly when they're uh, ingested. So all of these things are really things that people can do personally to slow down their aging process and improve the progression of their disease. So even though people have had a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, there are a number of key things that they can do to slow down and possibly even arrest the process. So my basic message, Dr. Rogers, is to give people hope that there are some really important things that they can do to protect their neurons, to reduce oxidative stress, to decrease the impact of neurotoxins and environmental toxins, to improve the condition of their gut microbiome and uh, make sure that they reduce or inhibit uh, intestinal permeability in this leaky gut condition so that you can not only reduce gut inflammation but also reduce brain inflammation um, and also um, improve things like blood sugar and blood insulin levels so all of these things are really much more under our personal control than people realized uh, a number of decades ago. Um, we used to think that our immune system was something we didn't have much control over. But now we realize that you really have a great deal of control over your own immune system and your own aging process. And so uh, that's that's one of my main Messages for take home for people today is that the things we've talked about in our interview today, Dr. Rogers, are things that people really can do to improve their own personal uh, disease process.
0: To find the website for Ross Pelton, it's kind of easy to do. I've done it frequently. If you simply type in natural pharmacist. And then you can also add his name, Ross, R-O-S-S-P-E-L-T-O-N. You'll find that his website pops up at the very top of the page. But uh, what is, Ross Pelton, the actual www.url address of your website, if you could spell it very slowly for listeners?
1: Sure. It's uh, naturalpharmacist.net. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L pharmacist, P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T dot net. And also, Dr. Rogers, if your listeners would like to call me to set up appointments for consultations, my telephone number is area code 541-601-1492.
0: And in terms of consultations, what exactly is the process for those so listeners will understand how it actually unfolds?
1: Well, I, I call it a five-hour process, and the reason I call it a five-hour process is we spend about an hour together on the phone, and then I usually spend about an, another hour after our consultation sending emails with information about products and websites and abstracts of, of studies and so forth to further educate the individual about all of the topics that we talked about in our discussion and that will require the person that has had a consultation to spend probably about three hours of their own time studying and learning about all of the things that I followed up with. So uh, an hour on the phone, an extra hour of my time, and about three extra hours of the individual's time is about five hours. Um, is That's why I call it a five-hour consultation. And you listed all of the things that I cover in my consultations from diet, nutrition, lifestyle review, um, an overview of the drug-induced nutrient depletion issues and all the natural therapeutic uh, processes that can be used for virtually any type of a health condition. So I'm a firm believer that all medical conditions should first be addressed with natural therapies and only secondarily with drug therapies when natural therapies don't uh, do the job. But oftentimes we find out that there are nutritional therapies that will make the drug therapies work better or prevent some of the side effects. And that's why I spent a good deal of time on drug-induced nutrient depletions to make people realize that um, a lot of the drugs they're taking are causing side effects over time. And <clears throat> let me spend just a little extra minute to explain why this is important um, consider an individual has been taking the medication seemingly without problems for maybe six or seven or eight years but that medication depletes folic acid and vitamin b12 and magnesium well these are nutrients that are involved in producing energy so over time the individual starts to complain to his or her spouse boy, honey, you know, the last six months, I've just got no energy. I just can hardly drag myself out of bed in the morning. I just don't have enough energy to get through the day. Well, he or she is not likely to connect the dots and realize that the nutrients that are depleted by the drugs they're taking are gradually causing a lack of energy. And so when people take a prescription drug, and get a side effect. It usually happens quite quickly. You get nauseated, you get a skin rash, you quickly know you have a reaction to the drug. But the situation with drug-induced nutrient depletions is a much more gradual onset of action. And oftentimes, people are taking a drug, they get nutrient depletions, they develop another symptom from those nutrient depletions, and then they go to the doctor and get another drug when actually all they need to do is understand what nutrients are being depleted and take the appropriate doses of the nutrients to counteract those uh, symptoms that are developing. So that's a little more insight into the background and significance of drug-induced nutrient depletions.
0: Many of you who are listening to this interview have probably called me or emailed me and have said, I'm disappointed in what the medications seem to be doing for me. They work for a while, but they're not working now. And I'm not sure about the supplements I'm taking. What should I do? What, where should I turn? And so I want to make clear to everyone, here is your go-to resource, Frost Pelton. And he's somebody that can look at your full situation and make some recommendations of what you might consider changing uh, so that you can regain your health and vitality. So, Ross Pelton, could you please once again uh, report the telephone number with the digits very slowly so people can record that?
1: Sure. I live in southern Oregon, the west coast Pacific time,
0: and my telephone
1: number is area code 541 six zero one one four nine two
0: now, speaking to an incredibly knowledgeable resource, Ross, what topic have we not yet covered that we really ought to be sure and mention before we conclude this interview today?
1: Ah uh, let's see well I, I you know I don't think there's a a topic that we haven't covered, but I'd just like to kind of underscore the importance of, in addition to boosting your glutathione levels, it's really critical that people understand how important it is to both create and maintain a healthy microbiome or a healthy balance between the good and bacteria in their gastrointestinal tract, because healing really does begin in the gut and disease processes now are more and more understood to be starting in the gut. I mentioned Dr. Alessio Fasano a little bit earlier, and he is really teaching us that all the autoimmune diseases and probably the neurodegenerative diseases really start because of leaky gut and inflammation in the gut, which goes back to bad diets and environmental toxins and a whole range of things that contribute to these problems. But um, I think that's the take-home message. Understand how important the microbiome is in a healthy gut along with boosting your uh, detoxification and antioxidant support with elevated levels of glutathione. And just one other quick little message I'll toss out to people. Uh, Everybody's probably familiar with the term sucker punch, sucker punches where somebody's not looking and somebody sneaks up behind you and smacks you really hard. Well, I use that term to describe what's happened to people in the United States and really worldwide in terms of environmental toxins. We were led to believe that our government and the Environmental Protection Agency were protecting us. But in fact, they have not protected us. They have let business and industry run pretty much unfettered, dumping toxins into our environment, using things like glyphosate or Roundup and organophosphates and all these agricultural pesticides and insecticides and dumping industrial pollutants into our water systems and so forth. So where we have been led to believe that the government is keeping us safe, and in fact, we've been sucker punched. We've been hit with a load of environmental toxins that is responsible for a vast escalation of chronic degenerative diseases and so we have to be proactive to learn how to protect ourselves you need to clean up your diet you need to reduce your exposure To all of these toxins that are in the environment and learn that boosting levels of glutathione and other antioxidants like CoQ10 are really critical mechanisms for protecting yourself and it is absolutely critical that you maintain a healthy gut and a healthy microbiome to um, be able to protect yourself because that's one of the foundations of good health.
0: Natural Pharmacist Ross Pelton, on behalf of thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners worldwide, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of their heart for taking the time to be a guest on the Parkinson's Recovery radio show today.
1: Dr. Rogers, it's always a pleasure speaking with you and I enjoy the opportunity to share information with your listeners worldwide. Um, I wish everybody better health and a happy, prosperous 2017.
0: And that's what's happening on, you guessed it, the shores of the Puget Sound where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you have listened to this amazing interview with ross pelton today that you indeed are on the road to recovery may you have a magnificent 2017 we look forward to connecting with you on the radio show next week i'm robert rogers your host founder of parkinson's recovery good day